Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the 20th episode of the Limerick Junior Soccer Focus. A, a small little milestone for us here on, on Sport and Limerick, getting to the, the 20th episode of a, of a brand new show, I suppose, this season, uh, brought by myself and, and Aidan to you. Um, Aidan, I suppose we, we could be meeting and speaking on, on better uh, in better circumstances, really. Um, we had some very uh, shocking news, which which rocked the Limerick Junior Soccer community uh, last week with the death of James Flanagan, obviously affectionately known by many as Barnes, uh, who was uh, involved heavily with Fairview Rangers for, for many years. And as I mentioned in our, our piece on Sport and Limerick, uh, on his untimely death, um, he was a huge help to, to myself uh, during uh, the junior soccer games, anything to do with Fairview Rangers. Never really had to ask him. I'd always get a text with team sheets or any information I needed, um, which probably went, was to the ire of, of the managers, maybe sometimes if he was giving me injury news or, or anything like that. But he was a, a, a superb help. I was the first person you nearly would meet and, and always full, full of life uh, at the Fair Green. So I was just desperately, desperately sad. Yeah, absolutely. Devastating news, uh, Adrian. Obviously devastating for his family. First and foremost, you're thinking of them because he's such a young man. It's it's so much of his life to live. So devastating for them, for the football community, also devastating. Um, great club man. Um, did a lot of coaching, did a bit of managing, did a bit of out in LIT, I know, with the, with the teams there. So uh, absolutely devastating. And we'll all have our own stories about James. My own story about James is that he was part of my Monday club, uh, Adrian. Uh, I I'd normally have the fraternity of the of, of uh, coming into me on Mondays into the shop inside in town and be chatting about the games and James just turn up every two or three Mondays and uh, more often than not Adrian we'd end up fighting and arguing over football <laughs> and he'd go off in a huff because I'd have, I'd have upset him about something I said about Fairview but true to the man never held uh, held a grudge he'd arrive in two weeks later with two cups of tea two lovely creamy buns. And the first words out of his mouth would be, how's things, Ed? And, you know, that's the measure of the man. Uh, fantastic man. Huge loss to everybody, but obviously massive loss to his family, uh, Adrian. Yeah, absolutely. And our condolences, our deepest condolences go out to to his family. Um, obviously, his mother, Irene, and, and partner and everyone there. So... Um, I suppose, Ed, um, to, to move on to the, to the football side of things now... Um, Massive news for, for Regional United. You look at the, the disappointment a few weeks ago, maybe two, three weeks ago, losing 1-0 to Newmarket. Um, to be honest with you, in my own head, I, I had them written out of this game because I thought, yeah, Villa will eat it again. You know, FAI champions, I know they were knocked out of the FAI Cup, but as we said, we thought they'd have everything going into the Munster Junior Cup, all the eggs into this basket. And it's the one Duff show because <laughs> at the end of the day, he was the difference between, between both teams. Um, you've got to give uh, regional so much credit. Played really well. I, I wouldn't say they were outstanding or anything throughout the 90 minutes, but they played really well. And, and played at times, some of the players at times I thought actually played within themselves, could have done a little bit more. And that's saying something, having won the game 4-0. Mm -hmm. um, nothing in the first half, Adrian. Absolutely nothing. It was it was very even, but Owen Duff made the breakthrough about 15 minutes before half time. Showed tremendous composure in the box. Turned a couple of Villa players inside out, planted the ball in the corner of the net. And for the next 15 minutes, Villa dominated the match and had a couple of very good chances, two or three one-on-ones. Peter Healy stood up to the task, made the saves that were that were uh, that needed to be made. And in the second half, 
once Owen Duff got the second one, I think Kieran O'Connell, who by the way had a had an excellent match, um, assisted him for the goal. But once that second goal went in, it's it's amazing to say, but the white flag went up a little bit. Um, I I thought some Villa players their 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 heads just sunk, and they didn't perform throughout the ninety minutes. And I suppose that the saddest indictment for Villa, who we had built up, Adrian, and mm. rightly so, given given that they were FAI Cup champions, the sad indictment for them was. Off the ball, I thought they were atrocious, and that's that's the word I would use. They played a three-five-two or three kind of a three-five-one-one system, and uh, I couldn't believe the defending I saw, or that, or should I say, the lack of defending I saw. The three were more often too far apart from each other. Sometimes they were left with two there. There was times in the second half when regional had four v two and three v two. I couldn't believe what I was watching. The wide men of the five didn't seem to know how to narrow the pitch properly, how to help out their back three, and they were ineffective. Certainly in the second half, at times in the first half, but for most of the second half, were absolutely ineffective. And on the other side of things, regional took advantage of that, had some very good performance. Obviously, the man of the match, you know, and Duff, had six chances in the match, took four of them. The finishing was fantastic to see. Kieran O'Connell, really good. I thought Shane Carmody in front of the back four, really good. And a couple of nervy moments for, for Peter Healy, the goalkeeper with some of the back passes. But, you know, when, it, when the saves needed to be made, Adrian, he made them. And uh, overall, a very, very well-merited victory for regional. They must be absolutely delighted. And well done, Sean Russell. Got it right on the day. I am surprised to hear, obviously, that that you felt maybe Villa. I suppose it sounds like uh, naivety and lack of work rate, uh, in which is obviously very surprising. Um, do you think that that maybe would have been down to underestimating regional slightly because that would have been a fairly foolish mistake, you'd imagine, and poor preparation. There could have been a bit of that about him now, Adrian. Watched him in the warm up before the game. Couple of fellas not added in the warm up from what I could see. You know, there was too much, too much of the high five stuff going on and mm. dropping over for a drink of water and stuff like that. Small little things. Um didn't I thought regional started the game really well, first 10 minutes. Then Villa came into a little bit and they were stung by the goal, obviously, and then they put the pressure on, but it didn't happen. And some of the decision making in their own in, in the opposition last third, you know, when they had a final ball to pick out a player wasn't particularly good. But uh, listen, all, all the credit goes to regional. You know, this result wasn't seen. Nobody saw this coming. This this Villa team are going very well in Waterford. They dominated football there the last couple of years. Well, obviously won the FAI. And don't forget, uh, Adrian, they have a trophy behind them. We spoke about it already. They won the yeah. President's Cup. So they have a trophy in the bag. So um, very disappointing. I couldn't believe what I was witnessing in terms of how they defended Adrian. Some of the stuff was very basic. And they weren't at us. Yeah, and I suppose obviously you've uh, praised regional and rightly so uh, for their performance, Aidan. Um, I suppose two takeaways from it. Obviously, Peter Healy was in goals. He kept the clean sheet. I know he said maybe there was a couple of ropey moments for, from back passes. But, you know, he's been at regional quite a while now. Rob Shire is the number one. Um, so, you know, I suppose a, a good day for him to be playing in a match of that size and keeping a clean sheet. And, of course, on duck, four goals. Now, we mentioned that he hadn't been in the team originally when we came back from Christmas, but we didn't know the reasons for that. Um, that was only uh, only for maybe one game. Um, but, you know, he lethal pace. And obviously, I, I actually remember him. He's a decent finisher too, obviously. 
uh, as it goes. But um, I suppose sweet vindication maybe for for Ron Duff in some ways in to, for in a, on a day like that because he could have made the decision to stay at Fairview, struggled to get into the team, but decided to take the chance elsewhere. Um, you know, and I suppose it, it's it's paying off for him at the moment as he is the main man for regional. Absolutely, no doubt about it. Um, I think his form has been fantastic. I think he's hit over 20 goals later in this season already. Mm. He's definitely touching 20, 24 goals, I'd say now. And the, and the big thing about Owen Duff is, I, I think I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, you need to give him the service. Mm. And I, I was watching a, a league game a few weeks ago when they played Fairview. He got no service. He got, you know, they, he didn't get the type of ball that, that he needs to be effective. Now, to be fair, I thought there was a lot of quality ball given into him on Sunday, albeit there were a lot of balls in behind the, the Villa defence. And obviously, Sean Russell had his homework done on that back three because quite a bit amount of ball went in behind the back three or mm. down the sides of the back three. But he was massively helped to hit him by the naive defending, as you, as you referenced there. Of, of Villa, I, I, as I said, I just couldn't believe what I was watching. The back three were too strung out, weren't weren't narrow enough when the ball was turned over. Didn't get any help from the the wide wing backs, who seemed to be very slow when when uh, region were attacking down either flank. And uh, the midfield wasn't crowded enough for for the defence to be uh, to be any way effective. And the passes were easily picked out. And uh, it was it was summed up certainly with the third goal um, that regional got Adrian Villa trying to do uh, do the Russell way out of the back trying to pass it out of the back leaving passes short and uh, Owen Duff having a handy tap in for his uh, for his third goal. And now do you mention it, Aidan, and just confirm here that due to those four goals, Owen Duff now has twenty four goals in all competitions. Yeah. He's the top scorer. And actually, out of the eight players that are listed in, in here, you've got three Pike players, three Fairview players, and Havadin Gabido for Balinanti. So he's the only one of, we'll say, the, the three sides of Regional Lanakati and um, Nina even on the list. So, you know, it is a great achievement and, and probably has gone slightly under the radar, I suppose, because he had 20 goals before the game the other day as well. Yeah, definitely gone under the radar. Possibly, possibly because maybe Regional's league form hasn't been hmm. um, as... as Look, we, we're expecting them to be more effective in the league this year and we'll find out in the next few games that if, the, if that will be the case. Obviously, they got to draw out of, out of Pike. But in the big games that I have seen them in, Owen Duff hasn't got the service. Yeah. Now, that can be down to a couple of things. That can be down to a couple of the... the, the, the obviously, the way maybe regional are set up. But obviously, the opposition, when you're playing the Pikes and the Fairviews and the Bellas, you don't normally, you don't normally get a lot of chances. On Sunday, he had six or seven excellent opportunities to score and he took four of them and if you give him those opportunities I feel he he will get on the end of them and score his finishing was excellent Sunday Adrian and definitely the first goal for me was was the it wasn't the most spectacular of them but it was the best finish excellent composure in the box when the when the pressure was on at nil nil left left two uh, Villa players searching for him and and cool finish in the in the corner of the net really good finish Delighted for him as well. Absolutely. And regional will be patiently waiting now to see who they get in the last eight of the, the Munster Junior Cup. Now, and joining them in that draw will be Ballinant, Ballinanti Rovers. Um, they had a 2 0 victory in Charleville on Saturday night with Keen Power and James Fitzgerald scoring goals in what seemed like a fight of tight affair uh, by all accounts. But once again, Ballinanti, keep a clean sheet. 
uh, gets her two goals and they're true to their second last day of the major competition as well as the FAI now in the Munster Junior Cup last day. Yeah, and they, listen, the clean sheets are mounting up and as you know in football, you keep a clean sheet, you get something out of the match. Um, by all accounts, they were fairly dominant. I, I believe Adam Castle was very uh, very fit in his assessment of the game. I believe he put up something on, on, on the internet about it. So, uh, really good victory for them. Uh, left out a few players, I see, Adrian. No yeah. Darry Hughes, no Aidan Hurley, hey, no Aidan Hall, yeah. to, name, to name but three. Brought in a few. Liam Burns that came in. I know Conor Keane came in. So, um, That's huge, really, isn't it, Aidan, for confidence, considering you had four of your bigger players out and you can still win. Yeah, and it, and it, 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 uh, it leaves the, the management team with questions in their head as well. If you're a player that has come in and you've kept a clean sheet, you scored a couple of goals. By all accounts, dominated the match. Uh, again, it's a big game. The last 16 of the Munster Junior Cup. Really good victory out there. They'll be delighted with that. Keeps the bandwagon rolling along, doesn't it? And they'll be looking forward. Uh, they'll be looking forward to the draw now. Um, really going well, Beninanti and and the squad. Everyone getting game time. So everyone pushing for a place. Great to see. Yeah, apparently within the Bala camp, one of the, the main takeaways for them at the moment is that it's probably the fittest they've been in, in many, many years. Maybe that was a, a stick used to beat them a few players with in, in the past at Balananti, but it doesn't seem to be the case here, obviously due to the personnel and obviously work that's gone on uh, over the, the last year and a half with, with other players too. Yeah, well, the personnel is hugely important, Adrian. I'm glad you alluded to that. Hmm. Profile of the squad is a lot younger, a lot fitter, think the players are looking after themselves better. You've also got a lot of players that are vying for places in the squad. So that that mean fellas are pushing each other hard in training. Um, and it's a good mantra to have on and off the pitch, the way the, the squad is looking after themselves at the moment. And the management team, who I've referenced several times in this podcast, that seem to have big ambitions for, for this squad. And that's very important as well big ambitions, they want to win big trophies and they're putting that up to the players to see will they get a response and at the moment, you have to say they're getting a reaction. Definitely, now there were the two good stories from the weekend and obviously another Limerick District League Premier Division side in Nina bowed out of the competition, losing 1-0 to Avondale. My first reaction here was I was quite surprised um, I don't know what you, you think about that yourself Very surprised um, obviously I haven't had a uh, any contact with Nina so I don't know what the story is there um, the contact I, I did get a slight contact from Cork and the reports I'm getting back was this um, Nina again missed a few co a couple of chances but that Avondale was very, very game throughout the match uh, hard to break down and we're a decent side and on the day and that surprised me because my initial my initial uh, information on them was that they were struggling a little bit this year to get a rhythm going they're halfway up the, the Premier in the in the junior side of the Munster Senior League in the Premier Division, albeit they have games in hand in the league. But this is cup football, and I think Nina will be bitterly disappointed. One point in Nina, Adrian. No Brian McGee, mm. no Mark McKenna, no Ryan Gilmartin. So, in terms of the squad, and I know, you know, they're trying to, to, to blend a young squad together but I always feel you need one or two experienced heads in and around, not, not necessarily even the team on the day, but in the squad 
one wonders were they in the squad for the day. I didn't see him in the team the team sheet, so that would have concerned me. You need a couple of experienced players around the place on match day in big games like this. And this was a big game for Nina, massive game for Nina. That'll so, be something um, we can confirm um, at, yeah. at a later time, I suppose. But obviously, as well, you have um, Nina will be facing Balananti in the, in the league as well. Those two sides will come up against each other uh, this weekend, but that'll be something we'll discuss further down the line. And obviously, a review of the two Premier Division fixtures that took place. Um, we all we said it was going to be swings and roundabouts uh, in the relegation fight. Uh, Aiden, although you know it looked. For that to be the case, you needed Munger to get a victory. Didn't matter who against, they just needed to get a win. They got that win. A late goal from the former James for a man, Hamza Selnik. Apparently, a relatively uh, dominant display from Munger, probably with what was on offer. You know, you look at Kuna, they probably had a, almost a bit of a cup final against James, but I might have, have taken the foot off the pedal at home a tiny bit, returning home. Uh, but a fairly good display from Munger by all accounts. And and But at the end of the day, it didn't matter what way they got the win, Aiden, they just had to get it. Yeah, massive victory for them. We, we spoke about it last week. We were talking about not alone six-pointers, that it could come to, down to nine-pointers. I mean, if they hadn't won this, this game, Adrian, you know, you, you're still talking about a gap to um to, to Jamesburg, given that Jamesburg were beaten. So, yeah. absolutely massive win for Richie Burke. Um, back up to 14 points, level with Jamesborough. Huge victory away from home against Kuna, who have been reasonably consistent their last three or four matches. A massive, massive victory the week before against James Brooklyn Pierce Stadium. And uh, all of a sudden, James were in huge trouble. And you, again, we use the word, you can't sugarcoat it. You can't sugarcoat this. James were in massive trouble. James were six games left, Adrian, and two of them are against Mungers. So, you know, all of a sudden, you're, you're going into February with six games left. Your season could be over before you know it. And you and you're looking, and you're staring down the barrel of uh, what is uh, potential relegation. And you're never, you're never too big a club to go down, or too, too good a club to go down. You got to get your results. So the next few weeks are going to be massive for 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 James Bay. for Mungus. Things are looking up. A lot of confidence from that victory. It's very ironic that a former James Bay player scored scored yes. a winning goal. I believe I believe he commands the sub. So um, that's quite ironic. But a massive victory for Richie Burke going forward. Yeah, absolutely. And and you referenced obviously Jamesborough's loss. They lost 2-0 uh, to Crew Park. John Connery among the scorers actually from Crew Park after signing back uh, from Pike, as we spoke about a few weeks ago. Um yeah, it, by all accounts, Aiden, you know, there was a couple of really good chances missed by Jamesborough, which you know they can't afford uh, in their uh, predicament, especially when you know they are conceding goals as well. Yeah, the reports I have is that they missed three guilt chances before before Crew Park opened their account. And once Crew Park leads you in a match like that, Adrian, they can manage the game. They have so much experience on the pitch. Look, we've alluded to the fact that they've been struggling to get out of, you know, what they would consider a decent eleven and even a squad, a squad uh, late in the last few matches. They got out 14 or 15, I think, on Sunday. We've also spoken about maybe the fitness issues that they, they might have had. But they know how to manage the game once they go ahead. And they, they obviously manage this game very well. I see Aaron Noonan scored a second goal. Yeah, he has, he hasn't played lately for him, so good to see Aaron back. I like to see Aaron playing, so it's good to see him back. And he's always good to to uh, to get to 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 get on the score sheet. Obviously, an important victory for Crew Park as well, Adrian, because they're now up to twenty points. I think they played Charleville this week. That's right. Both those, both those clubs will be looking to take victories there because 
they'll be uh, they'll be out of sight at that bottom two, really. If if any of them can get the three points on that, um, as I said, worrying times for James Brett. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, it's a funny one, isn't it, Aidan? Because obviously now with Crew Park winning, you have a situation here where you have Kuna, Charleville and Crew Park all on 20 points. Um, But now, you know, you look at it and James were on 14. I know they can't buy a win at the moment, but they're on 14 points. It looked like Munger couldn't buy a win, although they did beat James, but that's two league wins in three for, for Richie Burke, to be fair. But they're on 14 points now as well. I mean, one more swing of results in, in favour of James Burr and Munger and, and the other three teams could be back in it. Yeah, it's 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 that tight down there. You're dead right. It's that tight down there that a swing of results over over the next two matches potentially mm. could could change that table alarmingly. And the teams that you're looking now on twenty points will all of a sudden be looking over their shoulder. I would have said to you, Adrian, if Kuna had won that game Sunday, Safe. that they were in a great position in in the in the bottom six in terms of uh, in in terms of going forward and in terms of being safe for definite. At the moment, no one is safe. So uh, a lot of cup finals to be played in the next couple of weeks. Uh, no more so again than, than next week when you have Carew playing, uh, playing Charleville. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I suppose to move on to the top half of the, the table. And there was obviously action there too. Pike Rovers getting a 2-0 victory over Ashling Anacotti, which, you know, I know we said there was an outside chance if you're looking at it from an Ashling Anacotti point of view, if they could make a, a, a statement, it now rules them out of that. They'll probably be concentrating on making sure they finish fourth in the league now um, at this stage. But Shane Clark on the score sheet, Colin Lachlan on the score sheet. I mean, I suppose it looks like your typical across the gala routine uh, Pike win, if you're looking at it that way. Yeah, I made the game, Adrian, Sunday morning. Um, very busy. I was a busy man Sunday. I missed the first 10 minutes, actually, other engagements. But uh, actually, definitely in the game in the first half, Adrian, and Gary Neville made a couple of fantastic stops. Uh, there wasn't a whole lot in it. The second half, I thought the pace of the game picked up a bit. Um, Pike were playing with the breeze. Ashing obviously playing a, a, a against it. But again... Gary Neville made a fantastic save 10 minutes into the second half from Joel Costrain. And that, for me, was the turning point of the match because the most impressive player on the pitch for me, Colin Walsh Lachlan, put Pike in, in the lead with an absolutely fantastic finish with his left foot after going down the left-hand side of the box. Shane Clark scored his customary goal from a set-piece. A great delivery from Owen Hanrahan. Having said that, he was unmarked, Adrian, eight yards out. No one on him, simple header. And from there on in, Pike managed the game, as they do, kept the clean sheet. I, I was disappointed with the response from Ashling when Pike had taken the lead. I thought they kind of not so much gave up the ghost, but there wasn't just enough of a, a reaction from them, Adrian, like they believed they could get something out of the match. And Pike, I thought, sold the game comfortably. Liam Quinn had a couple of half chances later on which Gary Neville dealt with but Pike were, were uh, deserving winners they're up to what 35 points um, are they gone 7 points clear of Fairview now yeah. with a game more played but still it's a healthy lead yeah and, and maybe 9 is it 9 points ahead of 9 points ahead of battle yeah. and I said, I said said to you before games at hand don't mean don't mean nothing because they're not points mm. on board so uh, you got to hand it to Pike. No Pat Mullins in the side. No Adam Lipper. Uh, Robbie Williams came into the team and Nathan O'Callaghan at centre half. Thought they, did a, thought they did a very good job. 
some some impressive displays, but certainly Colin Walsh and Lachlan, the most impressive player on the pitch. Yeah, I'd just like to I'd just like to clarify something for anyone thinks that I'm a lazy presenter as well. I was too busy being run ragged out in Maru on Sunday morning to attend matches. I'm still hanging in there playing myself, but uh, that was unfortunately the, the situation there. Maybe I should start going watching matches more and I might learn something. Um, but yeah, absolutely. I know that you mentioned that, uh, Ashley, I suppose it could be a dress rehearsal as well in that game between Pike and Ashing for a two-week cup final because Ashing and the Cotties, you know, booked their place in the two-week cup final uh, with a victory over a crew. Park. You then have Pike Rovers now on Thursday evening taking on Charleville. We were at the game where Charleville beat Kuna to get there, but now they're without Keane McNamara, who was good on the night there as well. Um, so, you know, obviously Pike will be heavy favourites going into that tie. They're still unbeaten in the league. They just seem to, whatever about the FEI and the Munster Junior under Robbie Williams, they just seem to manage really well against uh, your local Limerick District League sides so in. Yeah, they do, yeah, and they seem to know what they're about when they're playing them, and you know, they've been serial contenders in the league all the time, Adrian, and and, and to be fair to Pike, uh, when it comes to local cups, they don't disregard them. They never have. If there's a match there to be won, no matter what team they put out, they go out and try and win it. Um, I'm expecting them to to turn the screw on, on Charleville on, on, uh, on Thursday night. Uh, obviously, Adam Castle has Charleville playing reasonably well, but Pike will want to win the Tui Cup. There's no doubt about it. They, you know, they're out of the two big cups. They'll be targeting the Tui, the loss and, and the league. And I expect them to get through the game Thursday night. Uh, could be a tight game for, for periods. But given the talent that Pike have and the form some of their players are in, Shane Clark, Colin Walsh, Lachlan, Owen Hanlon, these players are playing well. Some of them are on the pitch Thursday. I expect them to get, uh, to get through the game. Yeah, they will be. They will be heavy favourites, no doubt about that. Um, we're hoping for a tight game. They generally are with Pike, but as we always said with Pike, they can murder you one nil. Um, and and you've mentioned that on a number of occasions as well. Uh, Aiden, obviously we we remember that Fairview Rangers were not playing Munster Junior Cup action. Uh, last weekend they were obviously for uh, due to the sad passing of of James Flanagan. So that game has been moved to this week. Aiden, you've won for Crystal Hoston, uh, Fairview Rangers. I suppose you can look at this two ways, Aidan. Um, you know, the preparation, I suppose, will be slightly tough for Fairview going into this week, obviously, um, with the funeral taking place um, and preparation that way. Um, the only thing you'll say is, and, and I feel this in, in my gut, that maybe these these players will use this as a real motivation and they'll want to, to do it for, for James. I think that'll be the, the approach that they will see going into this game. Yeah, and why, and why not? And why not? He was a great club man. And I think that the management team should be motivating, using this as a motivating uh, instrument for the players. And it would be would be nice to see that. Um, on the other side of it, Adrian, listen, this is about fair with the club as well, this match. This is an important game for them. You know, out of the FBI, out of the FBI. This will be a tough game. Make no mistake about it. We spoke about Waterford Crystal. We don't need to go over them again. They're going to be a tough side to beat down there. Um, hopefully he'll have he'll have everyone available, Paul Danaher, and that the team will be set up right, and that they'll they will motivate themselves to go and get to, get over the line. We want to see as many teams as we can in the last state of the Munster Junior Cup, Adrian. Yeah. We were very disappointed, obviously, with that Nina result. Now we we have a couple there. We want to see. Uh, we want to see Fairview get there. Uh, as, You'd definitely as well. like to see three, uh, three Limerick sides, really, and at least in the, the Munster Junior quarterfinal, the way things are going. Especially we've spoken about maybe the weakness in, in Cork Junior football. So realistically, we should be having at least three. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. We 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 would expect it. We should expect it. We should we just we should expect three or four of our teams to be getting to the last eight every single season of the Munster Junior Cup. It's there to be done, and uh, we normally do well in it. We normally have teams that make the final. Mm. We have teams that win it, as as Fairview did uh, last year. And that's another thing, Adrian. They're the holders of this competition. Yeah, you forget that sometimes. <laughs> yeah, we, and we should expect them to defend it. They're a good side. They have a good squad. We expect them to go out and win these games. And uh, hopefully they'll, they'll come back Sunday with a victory. Yeah, Paul Danaher will, will really want the right type of response to the, the FAI uh, game, Aidan, it's fair to say. We spoke about maybe the disappointment on the day from, from the creative side with, with Fairview Rangers. So the likes of, of your Shane Duggins, your, your uh, Connor Cocklins, excuse me, and our Rainsford will surely be out to, to prove a point now at, at this stage. Yeah, and we, we, we are, we've also said, and I flagged myself, big players need to turn up for the big games, Adrian. They obviously didn't do that down against Gorey. You know, you, you like you you you, uh, you said they went ahead through uh, Jason Cross. That's your 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 key to go on, dominate the game, get that second goal and put it to bed. And it wasn't done, and they were caught in extra time. So these big players need to step up to the mark now, and and do the business and win this game, and score a couple of goals down there and come home and get into the the, the quarterfinal of the Munster Jordan. Let's have three three Limerick sides in the quarterfinal draw. Yeah, we certainly hope that is the case. And to move on now to the, the Premier uh, Division fixtures that will take place uh, in this week. There's a big one at Dordoyle now, obviously, but Regional really confident after last week's display against Villa. They're taking on Ashley and Akadi. We did talk about them trying to make an impact in the league this year. This would be a big statement, wouldn't it? Because they're level on points for Ashley and Akadi as it is. If they manage to beat Ashley and Akadi, you go three points clear uh, of them in this area. So, you know, it has been split, I suppose, in the top six has been almost split into top three and bottom three within that six. So it's all about who finishes maybe as close to the top three as possible between these sides. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a chance for, for Sean Russell and, and, and the team to make a statement. Not to mention that he was um, that he will be looking to do it against his former club. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it should be a good football game. Uh, it's out regional Saturday evening. I'm hoping actually to take in the game all going well. Um. An important game again for regional as well because we, we have been saying and certainly I've been saying that we need them to be making a statement in the top six this season uh, given the amount of games that they won last year. So they'll need to improve on that. I think they're on seven victories at the moment, Adrian. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I just confirmed this actually. I have it here. I think they have seven wins, one seven, draw yeah. and they have four. So, yeah. you know, we, you know we, we need them to... Look, if you're looking at it from the outside and you're a neutral looking at these games... You want to see an improvement in this. And obviously, they wanted themselves. Obviously, Ashling have a two cup, uh, have a two cup uh, um, final. final to so, they'll want to keep their form going. I was disappointed with their second half performance uh, on Sunday, Adrian. As I said, I thought when they went to goal behind that I, I just didn't see that reaction that, that you'd want to see in a team that would think that they were going to get something out of the game. Now, in the first half, they were certainly very competitive, but I just didn't see enough. And I saw an awful lot of chinks at the back. You know, in the second half, a couple of, the play, a couple of that back four wilted a bit, which, which I saw, which I found was disappointing. And um, the form that Owen Duff is in, he could take advantage on that Saturday night if, if he gets the service from the players around him. It, it could be a game where regional, if they're under game, could pick up three points. And uh, maybe it's the statement we're we're uh, looking for. You remember they they got a point in the last game, 
and and yeah. uh, they made a statement in that taking a, taking taking a point off Pike, which dented you know their ambitions of extending their league in the in the Premier League. So uh, maybe it's time to make another statement now and go win the game. Yeah, that's an important point you made though as well for, for John Lloyd today because we don't know exactly when the Italy Cup final will be played. It hasn't been absolutely confirmed. But, you know, you'd imagine those players will all be, be vying for, for places in that. So he'll definitely want to see a fighting performance here in Dordoyle. Yeah, and listen, in the first half, th- there were certainly sparks there. I, I saw some decent performances. Joel Constrain, Liam Quinn, you know, definitely performed well. But there's, there was definitely a doubt about the back four, I felt... He was on edge. Uh, always, always, I felt liable to make a mistake. Pike were making inroads, certainly down the right hand or the Pike's left, but Ashing's right hand side of the pitch with Colin Walsh and Lachlan, who I, I felt was very impressive. And if regional are looking at that, might be an angle for them on on Saturday evening to exploit. Um, played a lot of good football in patches regional on Sunday. Went a little bit more direct, Adrian, as I said which uh, was very un, un- Russell like as we'll call it. A lot of balls in behind the Villa defence. Now, whether they do that on Saturday night or not is another thing. But when you have a player like Owen Duff up front and you know he's capable of scoring goals if he gets the service, well, you've got to provide that service for him. Yeah, and, and I suppose we've two games left, Aidan, and we're running out of time. So I suppose quickly, Crew Park uh, against Charleville. I have Charleville down as we we as well publicised as being uh, the team I've tipped to be top. I do think they had a mental block last year, Aidan, when it came to Crew Park. Uh, they they were I felt they were the best football inside we played, but they lost twice to Crew Park and then lost in the cup final to Crew Park as well after being ahead. So they'll be hoping to to overcome that uh, on Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. I think they beat Crew Park the last time they played. They did the last time out, to be fair, actually. <laughs> give, give him a bit of a pacing. So, um, if if listen, Charleville are a good side and, and they've always played good football. If they're on their game and they're playing the right, the, the right style of football, we know they can play. Use the pace they have in the pitch. You know, that, that, that can help them definitely get three points. Crew Park are obviously coming off the, off the win. Has the makings of a draw if Crew Park get a full side out. Um, remember as well, Adrian, having Charleville, Charleville that match uh, towards the night. Yeah, it could take a lot out of them, depending if it goes the distance. Like, Yeah, could take a lot out of them. So we'll see what they have after that. If they can get a full 11 out against Crew Park, they might be joined. They might get they might get something out of the game, but it could depend on towards the evening. Yeah, and Nina versus Balinanti, Aidan. Obviously, Nina looking to, to bounce back from being knocked out of the Munster Junior. Um, maybe I'm putting a halt to this drive from Balinanti. It'd be a tough ask. Yeah, Morella would be down now after losing that game. They would have had high hopes of winning and we're all surprised that they didn't get through it. They have given Bell a few decent matches this season, Adrian. Yeah. You know, they drew, I think, uh, in LIT, wasn't it? It was a draw in LIT earlier yeah, on the season. Spoke to, yeah, I spoke to Ray McMahon, I remember, after the league game and he said that they were the most impressive side they played, which was high praise indeed. Mm. So, uh, I, Lucas, I think Bella again, Bella get the right side out. I think Bella will come through the game. They're looking at the league title as well and they have a big chance.